Welcome to New Mercies, a podcast by Mercy Ships, where we'll take you behind the scenes and onboard our incredible hospital ships that are transforming lives all over the world. We invite you to join us each week as we sit down with our crew, patients, volunteers, and partners to hear their stories of life-changing hope and healing. In a few short days, Mercy Ships will have two academies up and running, equipped with incredible teachers and very excited students. Today, we get to hear from one of those outstanding teachers, Miss Catherine from the UK. Get ready to learn a few things from this incredible woman and her experience teaching in a floating classroom. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today on the New Mercies podcast. We are so excited to hear from you and your journey with Mercy Ships. Catherine, you're a teacher. You've been a teacher for several years and taught different grades in the UK. And then you decided to take your career, not on the road, but on the ship to teach aboard the Africa Mercy. So tell us what caused that change in your life? What was going on that allowed you to consider such a big life change? Like you say, I'd been teaching in the UK for 12 years. So I was pretty settled. I was pretty happy. I'd got my own house and I was very settled in a church and in schools. And I never really considered doing anything like this. But then in the Easter of 2018, I went to a Christian conference called Spring Harvest in the UK. And every year they pick some charities that they'll support. And their main charity for that year was Mercy Ships. Um, and I'd never heard of them before ever. And so during the meetings, they would show us on the screen the, the videos of the patients and, and just the operations that happened and the life-changing work that Mercy Ships does. And I thought, wow, what an amazing charity this yeah. is that does this with all of these volunteers that just give their time to do it. But as I looked at it, I thought that's an amazing thing. But like I am not medical there is no way I could ever do that like I have basic yeah. first aid to do with children in a classroom when they like graze <laughs> me and that's all I've got um so I was like I can't do that but Don Stevens was actually at the conference and oh, wow. he was there to do some seminars with smaller groups of people and tell us more about the stories of how membership started and and it was amazing to hear and about halfway through he actually said and like 50 percent of the ship is actually non-medical and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so we started talking about, like, we have obviously have the deck crew that keep the ship going, but we have like galley staff and we have housekeeping. And then he went, and we also have a school on board that goes from preschool all the way through to grade 12. And we have teachers there that, that come and volunteer and teach. And, and the person sat next to me actually nudged me and went, you could do that. And I was like, I could yes (laughs) I'm trained I could do that and but it was something I'd never ever considered and it kind of just came out of the blue because yeah I I never even thought about it especially on a ship and so the conference finished and kind of I went to the stall to talk to the Mercy Ships people and met the UK office and and they were like oh yeah we have teachers and they gave me some information and told me to watch some videos that Karis Parker had done of like the the academy and stuff so I kind of looked at them but thought I'm not sure this is the right time like I'll pray about it it'll be great and so for that next month after I got home I was thinking about it I was praying about it but I was like I'm not sure I was like god I need some indication that you want me to go and so it's really weird I was driving to work one day I had a radio station on not a Christian radio station just like your normal secular radio station and they started talking randomly about cleft palate surgeries and I was like okay 
that's interesting um okay yeah okay I'll take that as a little sign and then just carried on with my day and then there was other things that kept coming up like that and then a verse kept coming to mind from Joshua 1 verse 9 which was be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be terrified for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go Mm. and I thought okay Okay, and the the ceiling factor for me was I was doing a crossword at a magazine and two of the clues, one of them, the um, answer was strong and the second one, the answer was courageous. And I was like, okay, I'll apply. (laughs) I've got nothing to lose. I'll apply and we'll see what happens. Um, So I sent in my application and then a few days later, I got a message saying I'd been put into the talent pool. This because this was the end of May. Hmm. And so they'd already staffed for that school year. So I didn't expect that it had happened quickly because of that. Um, And they put me in the talent pool and I just kind of went along with my life then, went back to work, did the things and thought, okay, and carried on. And then in January of 2019, I got an email saying, the grade one teacher position has opened. Are you still interested? Can we interview you? And I interviewed that week and was offered the position. And then within a few months, I'd handed in my notice at work and I'd rented out my house I'd Hmm. put everything in a storage unit. I'd um, sold my car um, and God had just provided in so many ways for different things I needed. I needed replacement windows in my house to rent it out. And Hmm. selling my car was the exact amount of money that paid for the windows. It was small things that you just think, yeah, God was in it all the way through. And then in June 2019, I set off to Texas to do onboarding with oh with most ships there. And by July, I was on the ship and people wow. just kept asking me, so you've seen the ship then? You've been? You've looked around? <laughs> no, no, I've never seen the ship. Never it's like buying a house sight unseen. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm like, oh, how long are you going for? A couple of months. Two years. Yeah, I told, I told my church, I've done this and I've given up, like I've given up my job and I'm going for two years and you heard like a little bit of an audible gasp of two years. Like, whoa. Because a lot of people just thought I was just going for a little while. So yeah. What was the hardest thing to give up or what was the hardest part of that transition? Um, I think it was leaving people behind because mm. um, it's obviously hard when you, you move out of a house and you do all of that. But actually, it's probably the people yeah. that you leave, um, family and friends. And yeah, it's hard. And actually, my class that I left behind as well, because I left mid-year for a school year in the UK. Okay. And so I was leaving that class behind in, a, in the middle of a year, which usually I would never think of doing, but the timescale I had to. That was yeah. that was what I did. Yeah. Um, but I knew it was the right thing. There was a piece about it, mm-hmm. even though there was a lot to do. There was a piece about the fact this was the right thing to do. Well, and I think that in some ways makes it a little bit easier when you have the confirmation that God has called you to mm-hmm. do this and you're moving out in obedience and you've seen him provide so extravagantly through the sale of your car and providing money for the windows and all those steps along the way that you can kind of move forward with confidence because you see the evidence of God's hand on this decision. And that's, that's such a beautiful thing. Also the passage in scripture of be strong and courageous. Mm-hmm. And you have those moments yeah. of, wow. And the other people saying, Whoa, are you sure? Two years? Whoa. Yes. And that, yeah. that courage, you know, kind of dwindles for a minute. And then you remember, no, 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 God has commanded me be strong and courageous. I'm going to move forward in obedience. It was an amazing time to lean into God for that because that's probably, well, it is the biggest 
step of faith I've ever taken to kind of walk away from everything, you know, but yeah, but God was there and he never left. Wow. So what was that first year like for you on board the Africa Mercy? You were the first grade teacher. I was. Yeah, I was the first grade teacher. So I'd gone from like a class of 30. That's kind of a standard class size in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I got on board and my class size was six. <laughs> um, and, and when I got on board, like crew members were like, whoa, you've got six as though it was a lot because that's actually <laughs> the biggest class size. Right. And so I was like, yes. Um, but actually the classrooms are obviously fairly small. It's on the ship. And so six six people fit in the classroom but it was it was so lovely I was teaching children from all over the world from Brazil and the Netherlands and and Great Britain and the US and and France and it was just amazing to see all of those cultures kind of combined in one classroom and yeah it was just it was an amazing privilege to be there very different because I was not only kind of working with the children, but you were living with them at the same time. So usually you'd send children home at the end of the day and you'd see them the next morning when they come to school. (laughs) Whereas you'd see them in about an hour and a half when you went to the dining room (laughs) for dinner, Um, which which is actually lovely. You Mm. feel a bit like a minor celebrity, especially when you teach the little ones because they'll yell your name across the dining room, Miss Catherine, Miss Catherine, and they'll wave (laughs) at you. So it is a bit like, oh, hello. You do, you do feel quite special. <laughs> it is really lovely, I think. And you get to know the child very, very well. You get mm. to know those children so well. You get to know their families as well. Mm. Um, and I just think the absolute blessing it is for us to put kind of God at the center of our school community yeah. is an amazing privilege that you just don't get in many schools anywhere else in the world. Mm. We get to not only teach math and language arts and social studies and everything that you teach normally, you get to teach bible to these children in a living and real way and and you get to show it in everything that you do and I think that's just an amazing privilege that we that we have here um on board to be able to do that for the crew members because we are here to serve the crew members and the crew members children Mm. and we do that so those crew members can go out and provide the hope and healing to to the the people of West Africa that we go to serve and us being here allows them to do that and it that's just an absolute privilege for me and and a real a real joy really for me to be able to do that but I mean school here is very normal in some ways we start Mm -hmm. at 8 a.m we have recess like you would you have lunch you you know the recess looks a little different doesn't it I mean, a little bit. So like we do, we do it like on deck seven or deck eight of the ship. And so if we have a play structure, which is great that they can like climb on and things, but like just over the side, there's a port or there's like water over one side. And so ball games are difficult because you don't want them to go over the side. So we kind of have netting up. So it is an interesting concept. Um, but to all intents and purposes, it's the same, which is which is lovely that we yeah. have that. But teaching on the ship, it's such a privilege to mm-hmm. be able to give children experiences that they'll get nowhere else in the world. Like during that first year, I was able to take my children onto the bridge while we were sailing wow. um, to see how a ship sails and what mm-hmm. do this what does the captain do and what do the officers do? And we saw dolphins while we were sailing oh. from the bridge. And you think, what other school in the world would these children get? these experiences during the day I've taken my children into the galley with the baker 
baker and he let us bake cookies for the whole crew. We oh. baked like 350 cookies <laughs> in the biggest like machine you've ever seen. Um, and they loved it. They got to wear the little chef's hats and do, and it was just a wonderful experience. And we get to do so much of that and experience so many places on a ship that children just in a normal school don't get to do by the way right. of the fact they're not here. And right. so the experiences we've been able to give them is just phenomenal. And then while we were in Senegal, we got to give them other experiences as well. We went out to the Dakar Lighthouse, which is one of the westernmost points in, in Africa. And that was great. They got to like go up and they got to see it and they got to kind of experience that. And they had a Senegalese tour guide who was great. And he, mm. he kind of told them all about it. And that was a That was a great experience for them to see. And then probably one of my most memorable was when the whole of the elementary department went to the agricultural site, Mercy Ships agricultural site for the day. Um, and it was it was a trip where we have a food for life program which is part of the mcb programs on the ship where they they build capacity in the country and um, so that when the ship sails out we've we've left something behind that they can actually tangibly use mm. these skills that, that they've been taught and so to go to the agricultural site which was a good few hours outside of dakar it took us a while to get there <laughs> but it was more than worth it the children saw how the participants in the course were learning how to grow things in the land for the soil that they have and, and how they irrigate that and how they make it grow in in a very hot country I mean with very little rain and and they were growing amazing foods at the agricultural site and they were telling them how they can use that to help their community to to, to make money and to help their community but also they were teaching them to teach others so they could go back into their communities and teach others and that was an amazing thing to be able to show the children that this is a capacity we're building yeah. like your your parents are here to help serve in this like yeah. you're here to help people and serve in this way so when the ship sails out that that is there and will be passed on hopefully from generation to generation and so yeah teaching on board was was great you had your normal day-to-day -day. I taught the math lesson and I taught the social studies lesson but also we got to have experiences like that for the children wow. that just and and the community that you built within that classroom was was fabulous with those children well you mentioned that some of those kids that you had your first year they're from all different countries all over the world so just as you've yeah. had your own transition from your home in the UK and your family and your friends and your community. Now you're living on board a ship. A lot of these little kids are from different countries. They don't even speak the language. And that is a huge transition for these little people. How do you as a teacher care for kids during the early months of this massive transition in their little lives? Yeah, so the children will go through something called kids onboarding, which helps to start that um, on their process in as their parents are doing that. And so that starts to build those really um, fundamental um, transition type skills that they need in order to kind of um, to move forward. And then we do support them. We build that community. We build in time where we have transition journals and we talk about kind of where they've come from, like who their friends were, like who they've left behind, what we've got now. Like we talk about our feelings and our emotions of mm. how does that make us feel? And, and we do all of that so that the transition is is good for them and and they come to a place that they want to be and yeah. they feel happy and they feel secure and they feel safe and um, because children ultimately learn best when they feel 
secure and happy in a in a place um, and so we definitely do that and we do that on exit as well we start a transition process that we do before people leave us as well because it's really important that they can transition home back to their home countries really really well and um, but I had such a privilege of like teaching children that couldn't read and write English because they'd come from their native language and to see these children children amaze me that you can have children in your class that can speak two or three languages and they're six and they can read and write in two or three languages and sometimes it puts me to shame because I have one language and sort of pleasantries in French and that's it that's all I've got and but these children it amazes me and that they are amazing that they are able to do that um, and you can have a little part in that growth of them learning to do that. And yeah, sure. and that's a really special privilege to be yeah. able to do. And it's neat too, that Mercy Ships is very intentional. The Academy is very intentional and mindful of the transition that these kids are going through. And so I love that they've put in place like these transition journals and you do talk about your feelings and you honor everyone's home culture. I know when it's a kid's birthday, you sing happy birthday in several different languages, you know, to celebrate that child. And there's so many intentional things that honor the culture that they came from, but also celebrate all the new cultures that they're experiencing around them. And it is just a phenomenal education for these children. Like you say, we do the birthday song and that's that's a wonderful way to kind of do some of that. And mm -hmm. yeah, and we create in some ways our own culture, the the kind of the culture of the ship as right. people talk about so much. And it it's kind of an amalgamation of all those cultures and people yeah. all feed into it. And that's a wonderful experience for, for children, but also for adults to yeah. get to experience that. I don't know anywhere else in the world you can have like over 40 different cultures in one place. Right. all living together and working together and it working and it working well yeah. to provide something and and ultimately by the grace of god we go into that because he he makes it work and he brings it all together well i know you said the uniqueness of the ship is that you don't just send your kids home at the end of the school day and see them the next morning you'll you might see them in the next 10 minutes walking down the hallway or of course in the dining room for dinner that evening and as much as that's that's a joy, I think for some teachers, that might be a little overwhelming to never mm -hmm. escape your kids, but also their families, their parents mm -hmm. are around you all the time too. And luckily, these families are beautiful, amazing people. So it's it's a lot of fun, but that can be taxing on an individual for you, you know, in some ways to almost feel like you're never off duty, if you will. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what are some things that you do? personally, to kind of take care of yourself and nurture yourself apart from the classroom, apart from children? That can definitely be an issue in some ways. Um, but we, we all have our own cabin space, which is a great space to go to that you have um, you have can have time there and you can have space to kind of do the things that you enjoy. I love to read. And so I love to, to do that, go into my cabin space, read a book. And um, also there's the midships area, which is great. You can sit there, you can overlook the sea with a book on a comfy chair. And, mm -hmm. and that's wonderful to be able to do. And um, I know I enjoy walking around the deck. Um, decade up on the top that was it that was a great time of you could walk around you can see it was lovely to do as the sun was setting you could see the sunset and it's just yeah I think 
yes, the, the families are there all, like, all the time because you mm. live together. And that's a wonderful um, privilege to be able to do that. But also, I think everyone needs time to themselves. And so there are definitely times that you can do that. And I think the decks provide brilliant ways to do that there's chairs out there you can sit out there you can even eat your meals you don't have to eat it in the dining room you could go and eat it out on deck seven and just have that fresh air and and sort of taken away i love to watch movies um and so we get to do that you can hire different rooms on the on board and kind of watch movies with friends and things and so there's definitely things you can do but yeah i think it i think it's a good blend as well mm-hmm. to be able to have your own time, but also have a community right there that, that you can be involved in as much or as, as kind of little as you want, depending sure. on the type of person you are. Sure. Is great. Is that interesting to have a school and a hospital in the same location? And how did you all interact? What does that mean for you as a teacher and students to have patients on board? Yeah, so we would see the patients quite often. They would come out onto deck seven every afternoon. That was kind of their fresh air time. Like they got to be out on the deck. And as crew, we were able to go out there and kind of interact with the patients out there. And often the children would go out and we'd take like dot paints with us or something we could do, especially with the younger ones, so that they could kind of interact. And that was a lovely way of getting to see the patients and getting to, um, yeah, really see the impact that, the hospital has with our own eyes we can see videos we can see pictures but you can actually see it physically there in front of you and I think one thing that stands out for me we did when Dr Gary announced when we arrived in Senegal he announced on the first day of surgeries over the tannoy he announced that the first surgeries were going to take place mm-hmm. and he asked the whole crew to pray and he prayed and our class stopped what we were doing we sat down and we all just prayed mm-hmm. and you just think yeah that's the way that we we get to impact the hospital in that way we can pray for them and so we have a prayer diary in our classroom and Mm -hmm. every day we pray for things that the children want to pray for but we pray for the hospital and we pray for the patients that are down there and and you might hear things from the nurses of specifics but if you don't you can just pray in general for you know there are patients down there and, and God knows what the specifics are and we were able to pray for them. And I think that moment will always stick with me when he came over the town I and just prayed and we just stopped and prayed mm-hmm. with him. And it was a wonderful memory, really. What an incredible experience for those children to really get to be a part of the, mis- the ministry. They're like little missionaries. It's not just their parents out doing big work and they're tucked in the classroom, but they're a part of it as well. And I love that you include your students in that and welcome them into the ministry by praying for the patients. That's, that's really incredible. And that's such a neat thing. I know that you, in addition to being a teacher, also volunteered at the Hope Center, which is where yeah. our patients can go maybe pre-surgery to wait for their turn, if you will, but also maybe to prepare for surgery if they have some nutritional things that need to be addressed. And then also our patients, a lot of them will return to the Hope Center post-op after their surgery for rehabilitation and recovery and so forth. And we have the opportunity to go and visit patients at the Hope Center, mostly on Sundays when we have a, a church service that's optional for anyone who wants. I know you volunteered there. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, the Hope Center is such a wonderful place and, and Hope is such a 
brilliant title for it because as you walk through the door you just see the hope that those patients have because of the surgery that they're gonna they're going to be able to have and it's just such a wonderful place to see God moving because you see it so tangibly in the lives of those that are there Um, and it's yeah it's such a joyous place there's so much joy um, mm. there and yeah I volunteered on a Sunday um, with a couple of other um, people to do the Sunday school for the children um, and so they always do a service a Sunday service for the adults there and hospital chaplaincy take that on um, and patients can co- they can go they don't have to but they, they can go but there were so many children there that um, they felt like it'd be good if they had their own kind of yeah. Sunday school and so um, a few weeks into the field service they asked for volunteers and uh, one of the other teachers Sarah she kind of put her hand up and said I'll do that and I said well I'll do it with you then and and we did that and it was such a wonderful time because we got to know the patient and because we saw them week on week Um, and a lot of them were the orthopedic patients who were um, having their legs and kind of yeah restraightened and not medical that's the best I've got restraightened (laughs) Um, and so it was just wonderful to see these children go from the pre-op through the operation when they came back and then through all of the physical therapy Mm. and then walk out of the hope center at the end it's to see the transformation was amazing and so we did the Sunday school and we started and obviously a lot of these children spoke Wolof and Pula they did not speak English (laughs) and so we would play games and we always play games that you could easily show them how it worked without needing much language and and we would sing songs and we learned various kind of African songs while we were on the African Mercy and so we would do those and we taught them a few English ones as well Mm. Um, and and we would tell a Bible story with the help of the amazing volunteers and day crew at the Hope Centre who would translate it for us um, into their language. And so they would, we would do a bit and then the translators would do a bit. And then by the end, I think we had two or three translators doing it in different languages as we went along. Um, and so we got to do that. And then there was always a craft at the end, which they loved which usually involved paint or play-doh or stickers or something like that but Mm -hmm. it was such a a fun time and to be able to spend with the children but also to share a little of God's love for them with them through the Bible story and through the things we were doing and yeah it was just so amazing to see the transformation we went from children pre-op who -hmm. could do a lot of the games and move around and then once they'd had their operation we had about 40 to 50 children that just had casts on their legs and their legs were just straight out in front of them so we had to kind of amend the games that we played so that they could do it seated and because they'd literally be carried in and and they sat there and then you saw with you'd then go in one week and the casts would be off and they'd be walking and they'd be and it was yeah it was a very special time to build those relationships with yeah. with the patients really and right. there were some older girls kind of like sort of early teen maybe a bit younger and they were really keen to learn some English oh. and so every week they'd have learned a little bit more and so they'd show us what they'd learn and oh. it was so lovely and so we tried to learn some wall-off phrases it didn't go well, but we tried. <laughs> I remember them laughing at us quite a lot when we tried to do it, but <laughs> the effort was there. Sure. Um, but it was so lovely that they wanted to kind of communicate with us. And and some of those girls liked some of the songs in the mm. Sunday morning um, by the end. And that it was just, yeah, 
wonderful and That's there was cool. one of the girls was called Mary Madeline and she kind of had a hyperextended knee that went backwards mm-hmm. um, and she had a severe limp from that and so she had her surgery and she was one of the ones that would learn a little English as we went along but mm-hmm. I just remember from her the smile because it would just lit up a room but before and after the surgery and she was just so happy and she was just so excited about the surgery and and she was just yeah so thankful that people had come to help and I think her face will always stick with me as someone that yeah she the joy you could just see the joy in her face and you just think that's why you volunteer that's why you you leave behind the things that you leave behind and you volunteer to do this because you are helping to give helping just a tiny bit in their story Mm. to to get that healing and I just think yeah what an amazing privilege to be able to do to do that Um, absolutely yeah well you've touched on it a little bit but how has your time thus far serving with Mercy Ships impacted you personally? How do you feel that you're different than you were three years ago? For me, I think it, a lot of it comes down to what you value mm-hmm. um, most. And I think you, you don't need things a lot of the time. Um, especially when you come to Mercy Ships, you get to take two bags with you and that's it. Your whole life is in two suitcases. Um, <laughs> and so it's amazing what you don't need. Um, yeah. But I think you value people far more being mm. here. You value that connection with people. You value the community and you just value all of that so much more, I think, from being here. And yeah, and, and I've just learned to rely fully on God and I think before I relied on God but you always had that safety net that well I've got a job and I've got a house and I've got this and my family's there but here you really do have to fully rely on God for everything for you to be here and God honors that and when you step out in faith God really honors that and I've I've seen that and that's been amazing really to see that if you step out in faith God will honor you in that if you walk in the path that he has for your life and and that's not easy like Mm. probably stepping out was the hardest thing I've done but do you know what it was more than worth it yeah and you know it's pretty awesome I mean I just know because I know you personally Mm -hmm. I know that that first step of obedience when you stepped out and said yes and saw God provide I I think that really strengthened your faith so that when God asked you again to step out, to stay and extend your commitment with Mercy Ships beyond two years to weather the pandemic on board as a teacher, all those kinds of things, you can say, yes, I've seen you provide before and I'll see you do it again. So yes, Lord, I will, I will go. Yeah, absolutely. And throughout it all, there has always been a peace, yeah. even when the pandemic hit, even when all of that hit. And there was there was a lot going on and it was it was sometimes it was hard at times mm-hmm. um but you know what that inner peace was always there that actually God's got it and he yeah. he knows I'm here and he is set out there he wants me to be here and so that's what I'm gonna do and I'll yeah. carry on until he says yeah 
<laughs> go here. And so mm-hmm. that's what I'll do. <laughs> wow. Well, I know you have just stepped out once again on board the brand new ship. You are no longer on the Africa Mercy, but you are now one of our first teachers to arrive on the Global Mercy, preparing the way for new kids to come in this brand new academy. Tell us about it. What's it like? Yes. Yeah, it's it was amazing to walk through the doors. You see pictures and you hear about what it's like and to walk through it was an amazing feeling to feel just the just the love and the attention to detail that has gone into designing the whole ship, mm. the whole ship to provide the surgery in Africa. But for me and in my department, just to see how they've designed this ship with every little detail in mind mm. to provide the best possible education for the children that will walk through those doors for years to come. Mm. And I feel like I'm kind of standing on the shoulders of all those that have come before. Mm. And I get the privilege to be the person that walked through the doors um, behind all of those people that have set this out. These rooms are fabulous for learning and for um the, the curriculum that's in it and everything that's here will just provide such an excellent foundation for children to learn and grow and learn more about God. And that's amazing. The junior high and high school, we have a science lab across there that looks like a science lab in a normal school hmm. um, to the point that they can do experiments. They found a way that you can do experiments on a ship. There's, wow. there's a whole thing at the end that I don't know, it's got vacuum in it or something. I don't understand how it works, but they can do it in a safe and controlled way to make sure that you can do that on the ship. And for me, that's just amazing that people have thought down to the tiniest detail so that we can have this. And I just think God has provided mightily here for us. Mm. And it's, it's our job to take that, that responsibility. Yeah to be responsible with it and be a good steward of it for generations to come. The ship has been built for decades worth of service in Africa. And we get the privilege of kind of setting it up for the future. And that's amazing. And there's been so many volunteers in here. We've had equipping volunteers that have come in and they've unboxed so so much of the equipment and labeled things like hundreds of things with the word academy on for like PE and all of those things to the point that I stepped in and there wasn't really any of that to do with the unboxing. I've done little bits so we could come in and really set it up for those children and to come in and yeah, just, it's it's amazing to walk in and see what God provides. And oh. I feel very blessed to be the first teacher through the door, which oh is, my goodness. Yeah. And, and you're on the countdown. When do the first students arrive? When yeah, does school so the start? First, school starts in just over a week. So 17th of January, we will have back to school night on board the GLM for the first time. So wow. it's exciting. All of the teachers will be here by Monday and Tuesday and they will walk through the doors and yeah, we can prepare for all of the children that are going to be here. And it's just so exciting to, oh to see goodness. it and to be a part of it. And there'll be, yeah, schools on both ships it'll be the first time we've had two ships with two schools one on the AFM and one on the GLM and yeah How it's thrilling. amazing wow mm-hmm. what are you most looking forward to in this new academy as as a teacher 
I'm looking forward to the children walking through the door, honestly. Mm -hmm. And just, yeah, I love teaching. That's what I love to do. Um, And so I can't wait for, I have four students this year. um, And so to see them come in and to just, you set up your classroom and then it's amazing to see the students interact with it and use it and just learn and grow and develop. And for me, that's the key part of teaching. Uh, Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether I'm on a ship or whether I'm somewhere else, but I can help um, children to learn something. And for me, what a privilege that I can teach them something that they will take through their lives. And so my hope and prayer is that I always teach them well. Um, Yeah, teach them to the best of my ability so they can learn to the best of theirs. And I think as a teacher, that's all you can hope for. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know you're a phenomenal teacher and those kids Mm -hmm. are going to be really lucky to have you. Mm -hmm. So Catherine, as we wrap up our time together, several years ago, when you first heard about Mercy Ships, you didn't know that something like this existed. But there are actually a lot of organizations that you can go teach abroad with. Mm-hmm. But why why Mercy Ships? Why mm-hmm. would you encourage someone, a teacher, to go teach with Mercy Ships? For me, I think it's probably one of the most unique schools in the whole world. I am teaching on board a ship um, with so many other people that have so many different wide ranging jobs you can give children experiences that you just possibly couldn't give them anywhere else in the world Um, and so I just think it's it's such an amazing place to teach but also an amazing community to be a part of and I get to be just a tiny tiny part of helping all of those patients in Africa who otherwise wouldn't have access to healthcare. And I think me being here and using the gifts that God has given me to teach children allows the uh, doctors to do the surgery, allows the chief electrician to keep all of the electrics working on board so they can do the surgeries. Mm -hmm. It allows the biomedical technician to keep all of the equipment down in the hospital working so that they can perform those things. And I think I'm just a tiny part of that. So my teaching has an impact here in more ways than just in the classroom. Yeah. My teaching impacts these children, but it also has far ranging impact that I just don't think you could possibly get anywhere else, really. And for me, I can also teach them about God as well in a way that I couldn't in other places. And so I can share my love of God and the impact he's had with me with them. And for me, that's also amazing. So I would say if you're thinking about it, do it. Put the application in, <laughs> do it. Um, and it's amazing what God will do when you step out. Absolutely. Well, Catherine, I know you have impacted many students, but also many crew members, and you have created a beautiful community of peers and friends on board as well who have been blessed by you and I know have blessed you in return. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for taking the time today to share with us a little glimpse into your life and to get us all excited about this brand new academy. It's it's going to be quite remarkable. In one short week, it will be filled with students. So thank you for sharing with us, Catherine, and we look forward to many praise reports to come. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Going to school on a ship is truly a phenomenal experience. And thanks to our incredible teachers and faculty, Our fully accredited academies are unmatched in education and they offer experiences that children can't get anywhere else. As always, more information can be found on our website, including photos of Catherine in the classroom. Check out newmercies.mercyships.org. 
And if you're a teacher and interested in getting on board one of our ships, all the information you need is on our website or go to the Academy's website at academy.mercyships.org. Well, I hope you'll come back next week to hear from Dr. Andrew Clark, a wise man who has been serving with Mercy Ships for 30 years. From the hospital to chaplaincy, he has some great stories to share that you won't want to miss. 